listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill. Fitter, happier, more productive. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The Big Album Show with me, Paul Dillon. And me, Dan O'Neill. Radiohead's three 90s albums, Pablo Honey, The Bands and OK Computer, were among the very best releases of the decade. But of the three, OK Computer was the most defining, managing to say a huge amount about the decade and also about the social, political and technological trends that were blowing in the wind at the time. Now, when OK Computer was unleashed on the world in 1997, it's not an overstatement to say that music would never quite be the same again from that point. You couldn't imagine the music of bands like Travis, Keane, Muse, Coldplay, without Radiohead, and you couldn't imagine a, a musical landscape without OK Computer. The album is a is a dream and a nightmare from the point of view of two podcasters like myself and Dan, in that there's so much material to draw on. But for me, this album is era-defining. The books that Tom York drew on for inspiration were staples on the bookshelves of many of us who were late teenagers in the late 90s. Then there's the politics of the album, the sense of unease and pre-millennial angst. But more than anything else, there's the preoccupation with the technological trends that were forming the storms that were just about to begin to brew. Now, everyone agreed at the time that the sound was somewhat uncommercial, unconventional, and almost a rebuke of the sound of the bands, the previous record. But then my first take, one of many, is that the tracks on the album are extraordinarily tuneful, hummable, and almost without exception, instantly memorable. Definitely. I agree 100%. Um, I think this is one of the albums that changed musical history. Indeed, friend of the show, uh, Dave Grohl, he said that the release of this album was a pivotal moment in the history of music. This record changed the musical landscape for years to come. And just a fun fact that I heard about um, when... um, I was doing a bit of research and um, when sending out the promo of this album across the USA Capitol, which was the record company that looked after Radiohead in the United States, sent out the album on tapes glued to the inside of tape recorders to all the music journalists and uh, record stores to stop it being bootlegged. Um, because this album was released very much in the days just before the advent of online music, or at least uh, online music, which came to, you know, take over everything else. By the time Kid A came out, you had the likes of Napster and file sharing, but this came out just in advance of that. And when you think about the content, the content of the album, it's an incredible um, prescient album. And I think that I... I, I agree with you that this is an incredibly hummable, memorable album. Um, and one of the takes I have on Radiohead albums is that Radiohead, Radiohead albums actually become more accessible as time goes on. When you think of the likes of OK Computer, Kid A, In Rainbows, all of these albums, Radiohead are always so far ahead of their time that when you go back to listen to their albums in a few years, they're almost more um, accessible, but this album was full of, of very big records. And, uh, you know, it came out at a time when MTV used to still play rock music 
And um, a lot of the songs from this album had wonderful videos that went with them that were on repeat on MTV. So it's a, it's a brilliant album. And anyone who listens to this album does indeed remember where they first heard it. I remember sitting in primary school and the lad who shared the one of those double desks with me had a, a, a tape um, a, a tape, what's it called? A Walkman, you know, a tape Walkman. And he had two yeah. two tapes that he used to play all the time. One of them was All Eyes on Me by uh, Tupac. And the other <laughs> one was, uh, or, or I think it was that one anyway, but the other one was OK Computer by uh, Radiohead. And um, yeah, just a mind-blowing album. It, it is, Dan. And I mean, you mentioned there uh, something of the MTV um, the, M- the the MTV generation thinking of the MTV kids remember Amy Adams in in the film the uh, the fighter she would they, they had her down as a, an MTV kid <laughs> the one of the things about about this album and and again there's so much to say but the videos for the singles are terrific the video the first single of course was Paranoid Android the other singles being um um, Karma Police, No Surprises and Lucky and all four had, had tremendous videos accompanying them. Sometimes the videos were quite challenging to watch and I remember um, there was an idea that the, every song on the album would get its own video but that was ditched um, I mean I think it's worth casting our minds back I mean it's very profound uh, that this album uh, predates um, the let's call it the technology revolution or the technological revolution. It predates the displacement really of the traditional model um, that had really, I mean, the idea, a band, singles, albums, big tours, videos uh, on MTV and so on. That was the model. Um, that model was about to break and everything was about to change. But it's very profound that this album would predate that and it would be called OK Computer and it would deal with the technological uh, trends uh, that were developing and it was angsty about what was to come. Now, one of the interesting things when you cast your mind back to the 90s was that Acting Baby, the next album that we'll be talking about by you 2 it sort of was one of the huge early 90s albums and the Edge said that it was about humans controlling technology and it was very positive about technology. Tom York took a different view um, and this come, album comes up close to the, to the edge or close to the end of the 90s um, and you have that preoccupation with technology and the angst uh, around it. Of course, somewhat ironic given the fact that this album uh, was made possible by the changing in technology, which allowed the recording process uh, to take place. I think it's right down what you say about remembering the place you were when you first heard these songs. It's a sort of a Princess Di moment and that we all remember where we were, or many of us do when Princess Di passed away. We remember, I certainly remember where I was when I heard each of the tracks uh, that led up to, you know, before I got the album. And I think that is an extraordinary thing to say um, about any record. Yeah. But the thing for me, more than anything else, Dan, that what OK Computer represents is an unease about technology and an unease about the technological era. 
Now, it's sometimes said that Radiohead were the first band to have a website. That's not true at all. That honour often is attributed to Megadeth, who had a site in 1994, very early embracers, if you will, of the internet. The Radiohead site was launched shortly after the release of OK Computer. But if you were, if Dan, you remember at the time, Radiohead were very much this idea that they had this big online presence. And then they were the first band to have this uh, you know, a site, a tribute, um, a tribute site from that was run by fans. Um, so the album benefits hugely from their embrace of technology in the recording process, but lyrically there's the unease about the trends. Um, and there's something of a, you know, you know, there's something of a, you, you know, on the one hand, there's the idea of is the human in command or is the machine in command of the human? And um, you can hear lyrically that that's coming out. I mean, when I first heard Paranoid Android, you know that line where he says, what's this? What's, you know, and the way he sings it. For me, that sounded like it was the end of the world and some human was looking at, at this scene that had been completely destroyed and was going, what's this? You know, it is an extraordinarily strong album in terms of its lyrics and in terms of what it represents, in terms of the themes it takes up. Yeah, I mean, there's something very, very Black Mirror about this album in terms of how prescient it is. And when you think of a, a track, the, the kind of revolution number nine of this album, which is Fitter, Happier, it sounds like a kind of a... fast track, isn't it, that? It is. It, it really, it, it really just... It, it, it touches a nerve, particularly in the kind of information age we now live in. And it sounds a bit like a Siri conversation with a health conscious millennial who's busy tweeting about the late, late toy show, uh, buying cheap consumer goods on Amazon and also having to try trying to get someone cancelled at the same time. That's the kind of the paranoia it hints at. Um, and like when you think about the, the title, OK Computer, so it came um, from the the, the book um, and, and the radio show um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy but the, the line it comes from is okay computer I want full manual control now and that goes that that speaks to the point you made about kind of wanting to take back power from uh, technology and kind of breaking away from the sense of alienation and automation that technology brings with it and um, so and, and it's also profound thinking about the title of the album, OK Computer, when you when you come to the realization that right across the world now, um, families talk into little speakers in their households and say the phrase, OK Google, which isn't too far removed from the phrase OK Computer. So, I mean, these guys were, were just so forward looking. The album art is 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 timeless and um, created by uh, Stanley Donwood who has created I think all of the, uh, the 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 artwork for both Tom York and Radiohead and it was designed by Tom and Stanley with a tablet and a light pen and um, and and one of the rules that they had when they were designing the album cover was that uh, they one if they made a mistake or they they did something that they didn't intend to do they had to leave it um, and then another weird, weird thing about this album is that it was recorded, believe it or not, in a haunted house. So it was it was recorded in a place called St. Catherine's Court. It was owned by the actress Jane Seymour, who was most people will know her as Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, no joke. And Tom said he actually heard voices in the in the house. Um, he he thought they were ghosts, and one of them told him to cut his hair. I think it was uh, Johnny Greenwood had had the unfortunate um situation where he was given. Um, a, a room to, to sleep in in the house that was full of porcelain dolls. So I can't imagine how creepy that must have been. Um, but I suppose that that definitely adds a kind of a, a, a strange slant on the album when you realise there's ghosts involved in the making of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, it, it is an album that's haunting at times. That I mean, I would say it's very easy to listen to, but it's not an easy listen. Um, and, you know, you mentioned there the, the OK Computer, the title. I mean, it is it is a terrific title in that it suggests a number um, of things. And York said at the time, it refers to embracing the future, but it refers to being terrified of the future, of our future, of everyone else's. It's to do with standing in a room where all these appliances are going off and all these machines and computers and so on, and the sound it makes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just think that that is a, it, 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 it's, it's a, it sums up, uh, the album uh, for me and it sums up the title and um, you know it's it's appropriate that we allow Tom himself to sum up the album because uh, there's so much written about this album you could easily do a podcast of the reviews of this album of what people say about this album and what it means to people but it's an extraordinary mean, meaningful album um, and I can recall very much it, it, it also kind of for me going back and listening to it again Dan it kind of feeds into a 90s nostalgia buzz which I think is fairly uh let's be honest it's 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 out there at the moment i mean there's an i mean i heard an interview with damon alburn a few weeks ago where he was saying you know we had so much freedom in the 90s you know and that was damon saying that who's not normally the sort of person to look back i think in a nostalgic way um but i, I you know i remember when it was released the the fandom if you will around it was so intense the record company i mean obviously on the one hand you know, uh, you know, Radiohead are non-commercial, and of course they, they non-commercial is not the right word, but I mean, I, I suppose they're commercially critical. I suppose I'm going to use that word. That's my word. Um, the record company uh, took it very much, you know, the opposite view. They were brilliant at promoting this album, but I can remember then very, very clearly two massive gigs that they did that summer in '97. Brian Adams was the summer of '69. I did the summer of '97. Um, and they did the biggest gig to date for them to date, to date had been their gig uh, in the RDS where they did to 38,000 people. And I remember I had a job at the time picking strawberries where you had to go and I've said I've talked about it before in the pod where you had to literally crawl like a snake along the ground trying to break off strawberries from these from their little green stems. And I remember someone who had I hadn't been at the gig, but I remember someone it was at the gig and I just, I can remember it now, just the enthusiasm about this show and about what the, what the gig was. And I went back and looked at the set list for that gig in the RDS that it's a terrific set list drawn from the three albums that they had today. But they also did that later on. They also did the Glastonbury in 97, uh, shortly after OK Computer had been released. Uh, and it's a terrific show. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just incredible. And you get it on YouTube. Um, but, you know, so, you know, this is an album, of its time but with a very firm eye on the future and a critical angsty eye and it's remarkably profound I think that they you know this album was released before the traditional model uh, of music broke down 
Okay, so the traditional model being you had a band and they did a single, they did singles, they did albums, they did tours, uh, and you know they were you had a you had to get a big record company to break in and so on. That was all about to change. Um, and by the year 2000, that had changed. And by the early 2000s, it was beginning to be history. Um, now it looks like something from a different world. But I think it's very profound that Radiohead's OK Computer was one of the last big albums before everything changed. And in the title itself, and try the tracks, you get that eye to the future, the eye to what technology was going to do. And uh, they're soothsayers that almost of the future, weren't they really? Big time. And... Like one of the things about Radiohead, right? That when when you even if you think of um, Father Ted, and you have that scene with Tommy Tiernan sitting on the bus, and he's listening yeah. to Radiohead, and he suddenly gets depressed from listening to the to to to, to Radiohead. Like I think it's Exit Music from a film actually that he's listening to on the bus, which is on this album. But the the like people often say, ah, Radiohead, they're a very depressing band. Now a lot of bands get get labelled with that, like. I don't know about you, Paul, but that's not the experience I have a radio. Not, at all. not yeah, like not I, I like look at this album. Like I know we're gonna get on to the various tracks now in a minute, but like th- this is not like Radiohead have never been in any sense a one-trick pony. And their their music depicts all facets of human emotion to me. Um, like some of their some of their the songs they've released are frankly bangers. Like you know you could hear them in yeah. a club and dance to them. Others are songs you could play around a campfire. Others are songs that are incredibly uplifting. Like it's it's completely unfair on Radiohead to to label them as this kind of depressing band. I, I think. What do you think? How do they make you feel? Like, I completely agree with you, Dan. And I mean, ongoing, but I mean, this album is an album that has never really left my side, as it were, um, in the years since 1997. But on returning to do a, you know, a deeper listen, um, I found great hope in it. And if you listen to that track, the opening track, Airbag, which is a terrific way to open a record, yes, open with that song that kind of that sets the pace, that defines the sound, uh, that brings you into the album's world. And the chorus, and it's just sung so terrifically by Tom York, you know, where he says, I am born again. It is just like, it, it, it's extraordinary. And only the great thing about this record is that only Radiohead could make these songs. There's no other band that could do this. Many tried to copy them. No one ever equaled them. This is a unique. They are unique in what they do. And I certainly don't find them uh, bleak. But I, I, I do think what they do is, and, I, and what gives me great hope, is that they, they don't cast necessarily a positive eye and say, feel good about this. What they do is they, they, they call you to question things. Um, and they change how you look at things. Um, and I think that's what makes them great artists. I mean, that's a tribute to, I mean, a great novel or a great work of art or, um, you know, you know, a great album can do that. It can change how you think about something. Um, and I think, you know, OK Computer can do that. And I think big, that's very hopeful, actually. Big time. And I'm so glad you mentioned Airbag um, because it's definitely one of my top three because like, it, as you say, what a way to start an album! Like, and you can hear, uh, you can hear Radiohead stepping into new territory here as a band. Like, to have a drum loop, um, 
on, on that first song. Like they're trying to, apparently they're trying to send the, the year before you had this incredible album released by DJ Sa- Shadow called Introducing. Um, if people haven't heard it, go and listen to it. It's incredible. But the, the guys loved the um love the album and they're trying to kind of emulate that sound in the drum loop on this track. In fact, Tom York worked with DJ shadow the following year, another great song. It's called rabbit in your headlights and the video for it is brilliant. Check it out on YouTube. If you haven't, if you haven't heard it, rabbit in your headlights, but I, I love that sound on this song. I love it. Like Colin Greenwood is an incredible bass player. Like his, yeah. his bass lines are so, so clever. Like if you listen to the minimalist bass line on this track, it almost sounds like robotic, glitchy, without any effects. It's just like a, a straightforward bass sound. But whatever way he's kind of playing it, 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 it brings me into that kind of technological space in a subtle way. It's very hard to explain how it works, but when you're listening to the song again, um, listeners, you know, just be mindful of the baseline. And I think you'll understand what I mean. And like to the point you mentioned in terms of this being kind of energetic and so on, like it is about Tom York's experience of a, a car crash he had in 1987 and he emerged from the, the car crash relatively unscathed at least physically and uh he, he he's writing here about you know how an airbag saved his life so you're starting this is the irony immediately of the album so it's an album that casts a critical eye on technology but at the same time the main protagonist of the album starts his story saying that technology saved his life like that's that's brilliant. It's absolute poetry. Absolutely, Dan. I mean, and, and what they do is they marry that kind of critique with technology by a full-on embrace of what technology could do to their sound. I mean, and that's, um, you know, the, their ability to embrace that contradiction, as it were, sort of reveals them uh, as the kind of artists really that they are. And I think, I mean, this is an incredibly clever profound album and I, and I mean you mentioned the bass the bass is terrific it's 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 what you might call banging I'm not aware if that word is around in 1997 but it was it's banging it's 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 it, it you 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 the bass on, on its own is worth listening to and worth trying to isolate fascinating and how they recorded the album Dan in that an awful lot of it was recorded live and mm. and they had these comments that they were trying to make an electronic album uh, with musical instruments and um, and the strings were, get, were added separately at the end in, in Abbey Road Studios but an awful lot of it was recorded live and you can kind of hear that and, and refer to it earlier you can hear that uh, you know there is a kind of a live sound to radio and there's no doubt about it I mean I mentioned the two gigs there in 97 one in Glastonbury one in the RDS in, in Dublin and uh, there's no doubt about it that or that that uh, as a live band this is you know radiohead are, are terrific now interestingly um while they are an incredible live band their live um sort of experience hasn't been unproblematic for the band and you know again you could say a huge amount about that but one of the the reasons that okay computer came into being was that um they had toured with alanis morissette um, in 96 in North America 
Um, and it hadn't been an entirely happy experience from the band. And the tone for this record was set during that tour. Dan, we've talked about Airbag, which is amazing and which opens the albums really, really well. We've, me- we've mentioned Fitter Happier, which, you know, gets their two honourable mentions. If, if I had a top five, I'd put them in top five, but we normally do top three. Now, I'm not going to put Lucky in my top three, but my other three uh, top tracks are all singles. So I come in with Karma Police at number three. I think, you know, Again, I remember where I was when I first heard it, when I first saw the video. I was, it was actually, would you believe it or not, Dan, it was on the Den. You remember the Den used to occasionally play music on yeah. RT2? You yeah. know, and I remember that. And on it, there you have Zig Zag and whatever other puppets are there, Ray Darcy, and then they play a song. They never used to play the full thing, which would frustrate me. But anyway, they played Karma Police and I... I, I just I, I I it just bowled me over at the time because I, I think for back in those days records weren't quite as music wasn't quite as accessible as it is now. You had to save up to get the album. So I don't think I had the album yet. Um because you'd have a little list of albums and you'd be checking them off as you as you as you would get them. Um but it just blew me away, uh, Karma Police. And you know, that line, if for a minute there I lost myself, I know I've, I've met, I've known people down through the years who've just really related to that and, you know, have loved hearing that live and, and loved the experience of that. My number two uh, would be no surprises. Now, so much to say about this, but I'll, I'll, I'll just do two takes. It sounds to me, Dan, like a piece of, of music coming out of a, a machine, for example. If you had, it brings to mind for me a kind of a little music box that a child might have. There's a kind of a lullaby quality to it. But the lyrics and the vocals are just tremendous. And I love that line where he says, bring that. I won't sing it. You'll be glad to hear. I won't hum it either. But he says, bring down the government. They don't speak for me. And of course, if you remember the time, Dan, the new Labour government in Britain was just two weeks old when OK Computer was released. And this uh, that line was seen as a kind of a rebuke. Uh, uh, if you will, of that. But they could, of course, be referring to the previous John Major Conservative government. Uh, uh, <laughs> we shall never know because obviously it would have been written and recorded when the Tories were still uh, in power. But anyway, I mean, it, it would be wrong not to mention some of the politics um, because, of course, one of the books uh, that uh, had inspired uh, Tom York's lyrically was Manufacturing Consent by Chomsky and um, and, you know, you can hear the politics coming out throughout the album, but it's there and no surprise. Number one for me goes to Paranoid Android, the lead single. I mean, I remember hearing on Top of the Pops, that's where I heard that one for the first time. I mean, it is an incredible uh, piece of music. It would bring to mind, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, I think that's the track that, that most... Uh, you know that 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 you know it's a track that you, you, it just it reminds me of that. But one of the things about it is, I remember seeing an interview with Tom York. I think at the time uh, it was put to him, "There's no chorus here," and he said, "They're all chorus. It's it, it, it every bit is a chorus." And you know, it is incredibly tuneful, and you never forget. It's it's just gets into your head. And that line that Tom York has, where he goes, "What's this?" For me, when I first heard that, for whatever reason. I imagined the end of the world and one surviving person looking at all this ruination and saying, what's this? That's just the image that came from to, to me at the time. And um, but I, I just think, you know, that's that's my top three, Dan. But I mean, and you know, and two honorable mentions for for Airbag and Fitter Happier. And um, there's there's other there's other tracks you could put on that, but you know, we have to make a choice. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I, you I, go top three? I love the way you talked about the kind of imagery, the paranoid android. 
um, evoked for you because if you and, and the end of the world and, and, and that kind of thing because interestingly how the video for it was made and people might be familiar with the video it's kind of like an animation and it's quite a it's quite a disturbing video like when 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 they were making the video the guys in the band said they wanted a video video that would be funny and yet sick at the same time and it was made by a guy called uh, Magnus Carlson who's a Swedish cartoonist and how he came up with the idea for the video was he listened to a lyricless version of the office sorry, of the song in his office for 12 hours straight. And as he listened to the music, he jotted down ideas for imagery. And the imagery in the music video is definitely quite striking. And it's basically this uh, character called Robin, surrounded by kind of images of seediness and violence. Um, So it definitely, as a song, evokes all kinds of imagery. Um, for for different kinds of people, and uh, that's the thing about Radiohead. Their their music is often so uh, deep that people can read different things into the lyrics. But yeah, I I definitely hear what you're saying about it. it reminds me of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. To me, it reminds me a little bit of the Beatles tune. Happiness is is a warm gun. And um, funny enough, I don't know whether it's because the Beatles are kind of in my mind at the moment because uh, I recently watched a new documentary, but. There's loads of kind of Beatles hints in this album for me. So there's that song, which reminds me of Happiness is a Warm Gun. The other song you mentioned, No Surprises, reminds me of a a, a Beatles song from the White Album also called Sexy Sadie. Um, And then Fitter, Happier, reminds me of Revolution Number 9 from the White Album. So it's it's, I I don't know why, maybe it's just me, but I hear those kind of things in, in the music. I love the solo the guitar solos from Paranoid Android. I think it's like Johnny Greenwood at his best. Like he's just, the the, the, the sheer kind of sound in it, um, it is incredible. And I mean, Ed O'Brien as well as another amazing guitarist. Some of the, some of the sounds he manages to get out, is, get out of his guitar on this album, <laughs> they don't sound like a guitar at all. It's he's he's brilliant. I just love 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 the band for their kind of uh, skills on their instruments. But yeah, um, and one of my so I I said Paranoid Android as as one of them. Airbags another one. One of them I didn't pick. No surprises though. I do want to comment on the No Surprises uh, song briefly. Um, the video for that is startling. So it's Tom York kind of being submerged, just his face being submerged by water. And it's as if he's going to drown, but he doesn't seem to care. He seems numbed to the fact he's going to drown. And I think that goes very well with a song that's uh, sweet, but melancholy and kind of gives the message in a way that, you know, everything is a bit shit, but you want no surprises at all costs. Um, so the video is is, a, is an act of genius uh, to me. But yeah, I agree. Um, and my, my, my third uh, one is a controversial one. I, I've heard other reviewers and critics listing this song as their least favorite on the album. Um, I love electioneering um, for a particular reason. One is that it rocks. I think um, in some ways you can hear how bands like Muse were, were very influenced by Radiohead. Uh, you know, this is a this is like the helter skelter of the OK Computer album. It, it really is a kind of a, a, a banging, pumping rock song and um, with great guitar parts and um, loads of energy. Um, but I remember listening to this song 
during the, 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 the big financial crisis. And it just really resonated with me during that time, which was obviously about 10 years. It was, it was, it was just uh, over 10 years after this album was released. But um, the lyrics in the song, uh, Riot Shields, Voodoo Economics, Cattle Prods and the IMF just uh, really resonated with me during the financial crisis. Um, and I think, again, it's a song that sounds so fresh and absolutely timeless. Yeah, it's a terrific track, and I think also maybe it's ref- it's it's reflection on their unease about the position they found themselves in promoting um, their music. Because it was all, that 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 was always a challenge, I think, for radio right, to put it mildly. But I mean, for me, Dan, what I how I would sum it all up um, is, and again, I, I I'm going to just borrow from Damon Alburn. I, I heard him recently talk about how his new record. Um, is an attempt, was an attempt by him and a, a group of orchestral musicians to play the landscape uh, in Iceland where he has a house, uh, the view and so on. And, and for me, this album plays the landscape um, of 1997 uh, with an eye to the future. And it is, um, it is, it's powerful. It's interesting. You could, it's, it's, it's got so, it's got, it's got so much on it that it, you just keep returning to it again and again and again. And I, and I think your point earlier on about them being ahead of the core of means it'll never, ever date. Uh, and for me, I'm going to just go, I mean, I mean, I mean, you, we, we know this, we, we, there's so much more. That you, it's almost feels wrong to make a top three. I mean, we haven't, you could, you could easily put lucky. We haven't even put I me mean, lucky, which was a single as well. We haven't even put that in our, either of our lists, which seems like something of a crime. It's just a terrific song and exit music for the film, for a film and the story behind that track as well in terms of the Romeo and Juliet and it didn't eventually make, it wasn't in the soundtrack, but it was it was commissioned for the, the soundtrack and just the sound of that and the youth that's in that and the sort of vibrancy and it's just an extraordinary track. But for me, Dan, this album gets 10 out of 10. I'm not going to put any flaws. I'm not going to point to any flaws. I'm not going to see any, any difficulties at all. I just think it's an incredible album. How could you not give it any less than 10 out of 10? How could you dock marks? Yeah. Enemy gave it 10 out of 10 when it was first released. And this is going to be the first album on the big album show that both of us have given 10 out of 10 to. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 as well. And the funny thing about this is, is that what most bands in their career, right? They might have like one 10 out of 10 album. But when you think about Radiohead, as I mentioned, I mentioned some of them earlier on and like a kid a in rainbows. Some of the, some people are really into their early stuff. Like I'm into Radiohead. All, I love all Radiohead albums, but uh, I, 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 I particularly like uh, in rainbows kid a and okay. Computer. Um, and uh, they, they, I just think Radiohead, they, they can't do wrong in my eyes. Like I, I and, and one the thing I love most about them is that they have always evolved throughout their career. Like the, the each album sounds different, each album experiments, um, and each album excites and uh touches on parts of the psyche that other bands don't reach. And I think for all of those reasons, this album in particular is completely timeless and people will be returning to this album for, for many, 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 many decades to come. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. Um, before we let our listeners go from this pod, just to remind people, please like us and subscribe us, uh, like us uh, on your social media at The Big Album Show. Um, subscribe on, on uh, where, where, where you can. Just support us, please, where you can. We'd really appreciate people who do listen to the podcasts uh, just to spread the word for us. Um, and thank you for, for listening. It means so very much. The next pod we have is about... Actung Baby, U2's masterpiece from 1991, recently recently, uh, uh, passed its third decade, its 30th birthday. And we have a very special guest, Dan, for that show. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Sloan. You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill.